You are about to opt in to Mineratopia, a show for the Monero community where all are welcome to join. From noob to maxi, no matter what bags you hold. Just sit back and relax to the sweet sounds of Monero's latest progress. Or if you're feeling inspired, join us on stage. Remember, the only thing that can stop Monero is a false belief that it can be stopped. And if you want to win the revolution faster, we recommend you remove your XMR from all custodial exchanges immediately. Warning, boating accidents are common around here. Don't forget to properly secure your private keys. Monerotopia starts now. All right. Aloha, my friends. How's it sound? Good? Pretty good, pretty good. Oh, really? Of course, last minute. Douglas. We brought our own coffee. There, he, of course, you did. With... Airbnb. Who does that? <laughs> only you, <laughs> only you. And he'll hand grind the the beans. Hand it's grind. pretty funny. I'll wake up and I'll just hear hand grinding. <laughs> I'm like, of course he brought. The... <laughs> mm. I guess you had to be there, guys. I'm sorry. And then we ordered coffee <laughs> when we were away last weekend to our place, and it it showed up after we left. I know, so, so sad. Sucks. So so we haven't tried the new batch yet. No, but I heard it's really good. Yeah. Every time he sends it to us, it's delicious. You, so can you tell him to send us another? Yes, another I bag. will. Yeah. You know, because I mean, hopefully somebody that is health, enjoying our coffee. I hope somebody <laughs> is enjoying that coffee, because then it, it was just a waste. So sad, so sad. But anyways, how's right. it going? Good. Got anything to say? <laughs> uh, I got a lot to say. Ooh. Uh, I'm loving this place, right? Yes, it's really nice. I guess we don't want to give away our location. So if you guys, no, but can, everyone... see if you guys can guess our location, oh Monero God. community will guess it. And I'll give, uh, let's see, how much is Monero worth right now? I don't check the price. Yeah, it's <laughs> like one something. Whatever, I'll give 0.1 Monero to the first person who could post our GPS coordinates. I mean, I kind or of somebody, also put somewhere the out The first either. person who's within like, we'll say a mile. Wow. So post it in the, in the comments. Try to post our our coordinates. Did we do this once? <laughs> we did this in Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah, no, Puerto it. Rico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone got it from the chairs, which was very creepy. But so see what you yeah, then we do. sent the money because they posted their payment address. And then uh, what's it called? Someone else copied that. And then we sent it to the wrong person because they yeah, changed so, his so username. Yeah, so post your oh, right. <laughs> Somebody like, hacked the poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was great. That's so sad. So yeah, post <laughs> the what you guess the GPS coordinates are and a Monero address, and we'll we'll choose the closest one, and we'll send you point one Monero. Let's see if anybody does it. Dun, dun, dun. And the game, let the games begin. But anyway, this place is awesome, right? <laughs> yes, it is. It is. This is awesome. It's pretty awesome, and it's uh, close. Which is nice. Yes, it's very close. So yeah, what do we got? So a housekeeping. We got a huge show today. We didn't want to make this a long intro, although we already have. Yeah, we already we have, have our, cause... our guest waiting. Everybody <laughs> is tuned in to hear from him, including myself. We're gonna be talking about Thorchain and their recent reluctance to add privacy coins. So we're gonna get into that. I haven't been following that closely at all. Like I it was kind of surprised to me that this is even happening. Did, have you been no, I following this really. this story? No. I tuned into a chat a few days ago, but I'm surprised I'm surprised this is even being debated. So we'll have him on trying to find out what's going on with that. I'm looking forward to that. Let's talk about our Halloween privacy protest. Let's talk about Let's that. Let's talk about that. 
<laughs> guys, nobody has bought a a mask yet for the for the protests. So I don't want this price or this mask to be the barrier for people to you know participate. You know, goal here is to is to get people out. We want to get a hundred people out there. This isn't about you know selling masks for fifty bucks. So we will we will take the hit for the mask. So anybody that buys, you know. But we want you to do it because we think it'll be impactful if everybody's there with these masks on, right? That's part of the. That's the whole point of it, yes. Well, not the whole point, but you know, it's part of it. We're anonymously assembling, so and it'd be cool if we're all, obviously we could all just show up in Halloween costume, but you're just kind of kind of blend in with the crowd. If we all show up in unison, it'll be a, it'll be a powerful message. So anybody that registers or buys a mask for you know, what are we saying? Well, we won't put a time on it, but we for now time, it's free. Yeah. It's limited time only you know, until so further notice. <laughs> we, you know, we're paying a, a decent amount for these masks. We found somebody cool on Etsy that's going to make them, and then we had Siddhartha make a design. Coming out, we awesome. didn't put it up there yet. Oh, here's the other thing. So when you buy the mask, you could pay in Monero, or you know, using the Monero gateway in the checkout, or you can use Now Payments. And Now Payments, obviously, you can use pretty much any crypto you want. And then we're going to get the funds in Monero, be auto transferred into Monero. So you buy your mask and then the day of show up, we'll give you your mask and then we'll redeem your, your full payment, but you'll get it back in Monero. The value, the, the amount of Monero received when you guys bought it. Yeah. So I don't want the, I don't want the purchasing of the mask to be the barrier of entry to this privacy protest. So, you know, everybody that's attended the Monero meetups, like I you would, would expect think, to yeah. see that or we don't know if they're there yeah. right because they're showing them anonymously but i would expect for them to you know get involved right i'd like to see bitcoiners that we're trying to unite people around this idea which is which we'll be talking about more when we talk to about the thor chain issue but this is this is about people in the crypto sphere that believe in these principles that believe code is speech that believe privacy is a human right getting everybody together who who agrees in those ideas and those philosophies and you know using using our unity to to show that there is a large swath of society that believes in these principles and believes that at least here in the United States these principles should be should be followed and we go out there and we we it's old school right so this isn't obviously we believe in in the cypherpunk ideology that we're just going to build code that will be unstoppable. But at the same time, I, I, I think we need to be fighting on both fronts. And so this is a way to, to, to make a statement. This isn't, you know, a conference. This is, we're making a, a political statement. We're, we're sending a political message. And I think, I think it'll be heard if we do it right and we get a decent crowd. I want to get, you know, maybe at least one political figure to show up as a speaker. Which we're working on, yeah. Um, you know, probably somebody local to New York. And yeah, and then probably get two other speakers. So what, like three speakers total. So, so yeah, it should that, be really- that's my rant on the thing. But so please, please do us the favor if you're going to participate. Buy the New ticket, York Halloween the is always now. awesome too for those. Uh, give us some momentum so then we could go order these masks, get them made. You're gonna we're gonna give you your money back anyway. But just do us the favor of not waiting to last minute. Just do it now. Everybody that wants to get involved, do it now. We need we need momentum behind this to get it going. Oh wait, we uh, have uh, our, our Airbnb host is coming out. Where I don't think she realizes we're live right we're, now. We're live right yeah, now. Would you like to jump on? Would you like to jump <laughs> on real quick? Okay. 
<laughs> yeah, we'll be we'll be done in like probably an hour from now. Yeah. All, right. All right. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> uh, there, there was another hint there, guys, for those trying to <laughs> figure out what our location is. Maybe you picked up on our voice. Could... Really? <laughs> <laughs> has anybody guessed yet? No, no, no one has. They've moved on. Well, whatever. Guys. But anyways. Buy Long story short, buy the mask. And you'll get redeemed. You'll get redeemed. And also, you know, to top it off, it's, you know, Halloween in New York City. Like, it's always awesome. It's always yeah, a that's good another time. thing. I want, I, want, I want people to come in. Yeah. Like, It'll I want you to, people to fly Halloween into New York. Up. Yeah. It, it's a Halloween meetup. It's not like, a three-day conference, but you're going to be chilling in New York for the weekend. Yeah. And it will culminate with this privacy protest on Halloween in New York will be cool. Yeah. As long as the weather I'm, holds I'm giving people benefit of the doubt here, you know, because it's end of the summer. People are busy. They're like, eh, usually. <laughs> we have no <laughs> idea what this is going to evolve into, right? I mean, we're showing up in a public space. It's just going to be a fun time. I mean, when we do our regular meetups, we yeah. just always have a great no, time. No, but, there, so. you know, there's a political element here, well, yeah, which is awesome. maybe that's what people are afraid of. And I get it. I get that maybe they don't see that as being cypherpunk. I don't know, but I, I, I do. I mean, we should be out there. This is this is normal. The things that we want are are normal. This is what society should be built upon. These ideals. So there should there should be no shame in being out there and expressing uh, our beliefs in in these concepts. Sure, we build the unstoppable tech, but there's no reason why we should fear it being banned. There you go. There you go. There's the rent. There you go, guys. That was the rent he was working on. We got we got With Haven that, and Thor Chain people on here just like, sneezing. Doo, doo, doo. I, that's the other thing too. Like it this Haven, Haven people of New York. I know there's one guy we we're talking to in Jersey. He should be he should be coming out. Pirate Chain people. We saw them at the na- the last Monero event in the city. They should be coming out. Uh, Bitcoin people, Ethereum people. Like I said, anybody, any Dogecoin people. And just unite around this concept. Oh, that's the one thing I wanted to mention. So when you buy the mask, like I said, you can use Monero, any other coin, depending on the coin you, you buy it with is the, the crypto symbol that will add to your mask. So it's going to have a base design of like, you know, uh, code of speech, whatever, we'll, we'll show you guys. But then we're going to put the logo of the crypto that you use to purchase the mask. Hopefully the vast majority of them will be Monero. I would hope. I would hope. But whatever, you know, whatever else people put, you know, let's let's see what people do where, you know, let's see what projects they support. Why not? Right. Yep. And that that should be that should be interesting. <laughs> that, that should, should be, be interesting. interesting. That was so, the yeah. last point I wanted to make. Hopefully we'll be able to figure that part out. That might be a little complicated, but I think we can do it. I think we can figure yeah. it out. Yeah. We always do. So, yeah, go to Monerotopia.com to reserve your mask. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, right. I guess. uh just a, a few things. If you haven't checked out our uh, recent interviews that we've published, it was Larry Sharp. He's running for governor. He's a he's a great potential speaker. Yeah. It was it was a great, great potential speaker short for interview. the privacy protest. Yeah. Then we also published the the Cake Pay Sarai talk, our New York City meetup, which you can see a little bit. You get an idea. A lot of people showed up. Michael Cobb, another Freedom Fest, and then we will be publishing our recent uh, Peter Van Valkenburg. Um, interview today, probably. Well, not probably, definitely. He's uh, of Coin Center, and yeah, I guess that's that was yeah, that was amazing. That was like, really he's another yeah. guy who would be an amazing speaker to talk. Yeah, I mean, he his his understanding of the uh, you know constitutional law and these concepts and 
whether or not they legally can be banned is 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 really impressive and he he really explains it and expresses things in a very you know fluid way so he would be a great speaker for for the privacy protest yes but uh guys yes stay tuned for that interview which will be today so check it out once it's published and i guess with that i think that's really it we can uh move on to the price report yeah price report other venting you'd like to do my friend All right. Somebody's got to do it. Yeah, someone's got to do it. You're good at it. You have any Sunit events? No, that's about it. <laughs> Let's <laughs> we'll move save on those to the for after yes, after the show. After the show. All righty, we'll move on to the price report. The Monerotopia price report segment is sponsored by Local Monero. Avoid using KYC exchanges. Buy and sell Monero directly for fiat peer to peer. Good morning, everybody. I hope everybody's having a no, great start of the, the weekend. Show. And seeing this report with great interest, this price number report 33. And in this report, I'm going to present the on-chain analysis, some triggers that have happened in the last couple of weeks, and some technical analysis, and in the end, some fun facts just to end the show. So let me get started with the fear and greed index. I think this is something that everyone must be familiar with. The darker points on this data the more something towards red or orange territory is marking the fear index and that towards the lighter green territory is marking the, the darker green territory is marking the greed index. So this happens in, on a scale of zero to hundred. And you would see that often during a bear market consolidation, something that happened during the 2018 and 19 consolidation that you would see all these dots superimposed on each other. If you just kind of zoom into this part, you would see all these dots superimposed on each other and it's hard to project logically what might happen next during a bear phase because it's just going up and down all over the place. So this is what we saw during the 2018-19 bear market. This is what we saw around the 2021 bear market and this is also what we are seeing right now, right? The consolidation of these points to get clustered together. So it's logically difficult to project what the market might do next week or a couple of weeks from now. Although uh, this does show some kind of long term formation of a bear and bull phase that we see over here. The point starts declustering itself from the crowd and that is when we kind of see the uh, bull market. So right now it's very clear that the cluster is being formed. The market is trying to understand what might be the next move. We might get a a downward trajectory or an upward trajectory, most likely on the upward side in the coming weeks and months. And I will go over what the data says with respect to that. And I want to talk about the active address sentiment indicator. So what this is, is this is a comparison between the 28 day price change against the 28 day active addresses that are in operation. So the the orange line that you see is the price movement over the last 28 days and the upper bounds that you see, the red dot and the green dots are the boundaries for the volatility index of the active addresses. And you would see that whenever this orange line or the price goes to the upper band, that means the market is overheated and it needs to turn down. And wherever it is in the lower brand touching the the green zone, that means there is a up move to come. 
because the market is oversold. So this is a very sensitive indicator. It's only measuring the short-term movements. It does not say much about the long-term movements. But in the short term, yes, we might go a bit further down. I would ideally like to see some kind of bottom formation in the, in the markets, but we might move up anytime in the coming days or weeks. And going forward, I would like to, this is the chart. I, these are the lines I drew months and months back. I think the start of this year, and this has played out. The technical charts have played out as it is. So you see the upper bounds and the lower bounds of this, this descending triangle. And right now we are in the lower bound of this line, you would see. And I've also drawn the 2008-2017 all-time highs, which stood about $800 billion. And right now we are sitting around $950 billion. So there is a possibility that we dip a little further down. Ideally, I would like to have a large dip down so that we can have a move up. But that seems to be a little unlikely because the markets are in an oversold territory and already entered that territory. So markets can do what they want to do, but I do expect us that this is a resistance at the moment, then it has to break. But the volatility you would see over the last couple of months have been decreasing and decreasing uh, the daily volatility. So I would see some kind of a, you know, a dip or a movement before a sharp move up. And for the sharp move to happen going forward, we need to see volumes. We need to see the, the active addresses. This is like only the change in 28 days, but overall the usage, the, the retail investors coming back into the market. And that has not yet happened. In terms of the XMR USD, still a cup and handle formation is in play. And we have been seeing this, this pattern forming over the last, over the last days. The volatility is also reducing. You would see Monero was taking around $150 for a very long time. In fact, I had placed the buy order $150. It did not trigger in, in over five days. So this is what we are seeing. And even though the market is going down, it's also going down with it. So everything is, you know, clustered together. So I'm just waiting for the moment when the volume picks up again on Monero and we can see an upward movement because this part is still in place. So I will not rule it out. And uh, going forward, there was also something interesting with regards to the net realized profit and loss. This is again, another consequence of what is happening. In, in short, the overall market of the overall hodlers, let's say, have been in net loss as soon as it goes below the 200 week moving average, which stands about 290. 21, 22,000. So once the price dips below that, overall the crowd is in a net realized loss on average. And that is what we see here. And whenever we see this, the sellers are basically exhausted. So people calling for 10,000 of Bitcoin, well, anything can happen, but I don't see that happening that easily. That is what I'm, the, the point I'm trying to say. So about dip to 18,000, 17,000 and the sellers are already exhausted. And this is what we see here. And yes, so once the sellers are completely exhausted from the market, probably shorts have to be you know squeezed out from the system and then we can see a large up move. And when that happens, we cannot say, but I'm sure it's coming. And going forward, something off crypto markets, this is the overall, the GDP part in the world. I just want to show these numbers for the audience just for them to get an idea of, of the world markets. The United States and China contribute the largest share of GDP in the world. And that is why if something happens to, let's say, uh, France or Brazil or Italy or India, 
uh, it's not really going to have a major impact in the world. Yes, domestically, they're going to have an impact. But if anything happens to US economy or China, it's it's having a major impact to the, to the world. And right now, the focus is on China because their economy, from what I understand, and also from sources I've discussed this with, their economy is suffering inside. And whatever geopolitically is happening might be to kind of put a tab on that in for nationalistic reasons. So this might be the focus because this might trigger some kind of downturn in the, in the, in the coming time in terms of recession because China is still responsible for a large portion of the supply chain and United States produces a lot of goods and services around the globe. So this is what I wanted to indicate. And also some more news is like speculators are increasing their US dollar bets. So the US dollar is strengthening and doing good that way. Yes, minus the inflation part, certainly. And Brazil has recently posted one of, one of the biggest account deficits. So one by one, all the countries are you know, falling as a domino effect. And last but not the least, the Euro is falling against the US dollar. And what we see here is, yeah, the US dollar strengthening against the Euro. That is all from my side today. And I hope you learned something new and I will see you all in the next prize report. Thank you. Alrighty. All right. Awesome. I like his uh, tip dress with the coffee cup. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Price is pretty crazy right now, guys. I don't know. I think I think we have some some things that need to happen on the macro level, and you know, crypto's just going to follow. I'm I'm predicting another dip. You you were too, right? So, you, know, you say what? A couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I think that was your call. Yeah. There you go. See. The bottom isn't in yet. Nope, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, let's move on to guest segment. Let's do I'm it. Sure people are waiting for this. The Monerotopia guest segment is sponsored by Cake Wallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange your Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android too. Cake Wallet is open source, and you always control your own keys. There you go. Hello, Chad. How's it going? Chad, how's it going, man? There we go. Thanks for having me on. Thank yeah, man. Thanks on. for doing. So, so what's going on, man? I haven't been following it too closely. I just caught wind of you know, <laughs> the idea that like Thorchain was considering uh, stopping the progress of Edge. Points. I'm like, well, so give, give, us, give us the lowdown. Yeah, so here's the lowdown. So from the beginning, the project was always interested in, 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 in Monero, right, for obvious reasons. And so what happened recently was this whole tornado cash thing happened, right, as I think as your uh, community is probably well aware of. Yep, yep. And that kind of freaked out some people. Do you know what I mean? Like all of a sudden the government kind of was coming against tornado cash and, and some people kind of felt that that, that you know, adding a privacy token, especially at this jun juncture, would put a target on the back of the product. That's what some people are kind of feeling that way, right? I think in the end, it's really kind of like three camps that are kind of been formed that I can tell. And one is like kind of the people, which is the one that I'm in, which is basically like privacy for all. Let's go forward. You know, let's 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 go ahead and add Monero and Haven and other, you know, privacy focused tokens, Zcash, so forth and so on. There's another camp that says, let's go ahead and add privacy, but let's do these other things first, like to further push the project down uh, um, uh, the road of decentralization further down than it make it more difficult for, for government to, to kind of impede or, or influence the network in any shape or form. And then there's another kind of factor that is just like, like 
uh, let's not kind of poke the bear. Let's, you know, stay focused on what we're doing, which is allowing people to transact value across uh, chains in a decentralized way and not get too, you know, don't aggravate, you know, certain entities too much. I think the vast majority of people are either in the first, second camp. Not a whole lot of people are in that third camp. Right now, there's actually a vote going on between the node operators about what is the next chain to be uh, adding to our, our test net or our stage net. And right now, 50% of that vote is for Haven. I think about 30% is for Binance Smart Chain and then like 20-ish percent is around for, for Dash in the current moment. So there's still like a lot of like large support for privacy for sure. I think this this whole tornado cash. Wait, how much? How much was for? Who's the highest vote? What's the highest? Right now, vote? the highest vote is Haven at fifty percent of the of the vote. So thus far, we still have another okay. week of voting. It's it's an ongoing thing that's happening. We still have another week happening. <laughs> so you know that can shift with time, of course. For Haven, half it's for Binance Smart Chain or or, or Dash. So it, is this vote going to be the so this decides it? So if Haven reaches it's, a certain it, threshold then it's a bit more complicated than that so this is deciding what is the next chain integration that we want to focus on as a dev team right mm -hmm. and what we want to add to, to what we call stage net right which is like our, our kind of testing ground with with real assets it's like a little small mini main net you can kind of think of it that way like a little tiny one and so that's what's deciding at that point but to move it from stage net into main net where you can actually trade it like on a, a larger volume of, of volume that's mm -hmm. a separate vote. And so for any, in order for anything to get adopted in ThorChain at all, it doesn't matter what it is we're talking about, uh, it all requires two-thirds majority of the, of the validators to, to come together and say, all right, let's go ahead and add Monero or Haven or Dash or add this feature or change this configuration or like any and all changes require two-thirds majority uh, of validators. Mm -hmm. And so how do you see that going? What's your prediction with, with that? That's a, that's a good question. I, I wish I had a good answer for you. I, I think it's, I think Haven's going to pass in terms of the stage net thing. And that's been in development. Uh, Haven's been in development from the Haven team for like almost two years now. It's been a lot of effort. As you guys probably know, uh, crypto note chains are very, very difficult. I mean, they're great designs for obvious reasons, but they're also very difficult to interface with for a multitude of reasons, ring signatures being the most obvious one. And so the effort to do that was extraordinarily difficult. And thankfully, like we are very thankful as a community that the Haven team was willing to step up and take their expertise in crypto note design and apply that to Thorchain to help us connect our kind of back end to a crypto note style, you know, chain. And so they've been doing that for a long period of time. And so we've been yeah, they invested. Them. They invested a lot of time and energy into that. Right? They invested a huge amount of time, engineering time, so forth and so on. Uh, and we were very appreciative of that. And so and once they finished that process, which was very close to finishing, really, we can actually, you know, fork that change and and make a same the same thing for for Monero, which is all, you know, I'm personally right, excited. It paves about. the way for Monero. It paves the way. Yeah. So they put all the effort into like understanding CryptoNote and how to interface that with what we do. And we help them along the way with our, you know, advisement and, and, and research and such. And then once we get them done, all right, now we have the game plan. Now we have the floor plan, right? Now we can actually go ahead and uh, theoretically we can add Monero, which is um, something that I'm going to be you know, advocating for, for sure. What's uh, what's the guy's name uh, behind Thor? The one, you know, the original, uh, what's the name? The, 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 main, the main founder of, of... Yes, we don't have like founders. No, 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 but what's uh, the guy who spearheaded the project in the beginning? I'm drawing a blank on his name. 
<laughs> we, I think we, we, we don't really have any co-founders and we, we try to keep things uh, for the most part. Uh, wasn't, weren't you guys associated with, um, what's the guy, the guy who started Satoshi Dice and... Oh, Eric Voorhees. Yeah, isn't he instrumental in Thor? From No, he wasn't really a part of that process at all. He recently, uh, Shapeshifted, which he's a, was the CEO of Shapeshift, yeah. and they ripped out the back end of Shapeshift to, and integrated with ThorChain so that they could fully decentralize Shapeshift and change right. it from a corporate entity into a DAO. Right. So they were a part of, he was a part of Shapeshift and how Shapeshift integrated with ThorChain, but he wasn't right. the originating founding member of ThorChain. Okay. Or involved he's, he's a big early kind of adopter. So what is his take on this? What is, I mean, does he think this is, you know, basically showing that ThorChain truly isn't decentralized? Like what's his opinion on oh, this? Oh, I mean, I, to be honest, I haven't had a direct conversation with him about this whole okay. thing. My assumption though, if, if I could take a stab in the dark about it, is that, that he appreciates the process that a community has to go through to determine what is best for that community. Yeah. And that I think, I think he hopes, as I hope, that privacy will win and, and the community will support. And I'm sure his voice would be towards privacy. I mean, Shapeshift itself supported Monero for many, 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 many years to allow yeah. uh, transactions between Monero and Bitcoin and you know, various other assets. And so I, I can only imagine him, he would be starkly supportive of it. So do you think this is indicative of ThorChain not being truly decentralized? Like the- No, you know, no, it's actually quite the opposite, right? Like if it was, if it was centralized, if like, if say, if I ran it, then would, there wouldn't be any conversation. That well, no, not, being <laughs> not, not in those terms, in the terms of the tech itself, that it's, it's not unstoppable, right? Because the concern is that, you know, governments or whoever can start to put pressure yeah, that, that's on, a good question on, on the projects. So it should be resistant, to, decentralized in that way. Is it, is it resistant to being co-opted and controlled. Right. That's a good question. So hypothetically, let's, let's imagine a hypothetical scenario where the U.S. government said, you know, ThorChain's illegal or, and, and ban it or whatever. What that would effectively mean is that all the nodes that are currently being run within the United States would be shut down and then moved to a new location, whether that be Germany or Dubai or, you know, Malta, I mean, whatever that would be, and then reinstitute those same nodes in another location and everything would just con continue on. Right. Kind of, it's a little bit similar to like what we saw with China like a year ago or so, where they banned Bitcoin. But aren't had, aren't like a large percentage of the nodes being run on like AWS servers and stuff? And wasn't there? Yeah, it's, a, it's about. I want to say it's like forty or fifty percent of them are, are running on AWS, and 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 different regions across the, the world. Like some are in the U.S., some are in Ireland, some are in you know Singapore, some are in there. They're they're in terms of the geolocation, they're 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 pretty move around. But nodes are run. Between AWS, DigitalOcean, Google Cloud, Hetzner, Bare Metal, I think Vulcan's another one. There's quite a few in total. I think the community is, is, is uh, I think communities in general or crypto in general tends to overreact to, to news, to be honest, and they get kind of freaked out and not really realizing how resistant. I mean, when it comes to projects that actually move value between chains, like ThorChain compared to any other decks out there is leaps and <laughs> leaps, not even comparatively, like, multitudes more decentralized than almost every literally everything else out there yeah that's why i think you know it's an ex exciting project and i think a lot of people in the monero community and obviously the haven community are very excited about the potential integration because it solves a real problem for those projects right adding yeah. liquidity uh allowing you to get in and out of monero kyc free obviously there's other ways of doing it 
what the promise of Thorchain was that it was going to be uh, a user-friendly way, right? Well, not only user-friendly, but having liquidity. At the, the, like the problem right. with liquidity like, and you're know, right, but kind of meeting that that golden that golden mean of being you know the liquidity always being there and it being a, a relatively easy way to do as opposed to jumping through other hoops to try to. Right. you know go back and forth between monero and other projects so right right it, it's uh it's disappointing to see that like i mean for me that was kind of the holy grail of what thor chain can really be like that's what gives thor obviously there's value in being able to swap through these projects in a decentralized way but the most value comes from being able to swap into quote unquote privacy coins that's the real purpose of these decentralized exchanges in the first place it's not so you could go between you know I don't know, Dogecoin and Shiba Inu, like that's not really that interesting, right? What's well, interesting is it becomes the gateway that allows you to pass pass into this KYC-free, truly decentralized world of, of crypto, you know? Well, I think part of the value that, at least that I see is, is that, that it gives you kind of cross-chain composability, right? And you can pull upon the value of like, you know, Bitcoin is a store of value and Ethereum has its, you know, DeFi smart contract and you can use Monero for its privacy and this chain for that value. And this, and so you can right. start to kind of really kind of like abstract away what projects do what really well. Like obviously Monero does privacy extremely well. And so like you can utilize that at will, right? And then you can utilize Bitcoin's kind of like steadier price than any other, you know, crypto asset with the exception of stables. Or you can use use you know i don't know avax's thing or whatever like this, it doesn't matter right i think thorchain is kind of saying that you have access to whatever you want to have access to without asking for permission whether that be exactly. privacy DeFi, even cfi to a certain degree like it doesn't matter like giving you access to whatever you want with, with the complete freedom to choose what you want for yourself so what, what do you think of Sarai? I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm sure you've been following that. I mean, Sarai was literally is literally being created kind of in, in reaction to to what Thorchain is seemingly lacking, you know, kind of like the Monero to Zcash, like Thorchain is, is becoming the more Zcash like and now Sarai is looking to create a similar project to Thor, but hopefully one that's, you know, quote unquote, you know, unstoppable. What's your opinion of that do you have you been following that i mean I, to be honest i haven't been following any kind of like great detail from what i understand they're they're basically taking the majority the vast majority of the thorchain design rebuilding it in rust I think and they're maybe 18 months away if not longer from 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 getting anywhere we'll see i mean there's been a bunch of projects like that throughout the last two years that have been you know promising to be launched blah 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 and to, to okay. date, Thorchain is still the only one that actually does what it does. Like there are even Thorchain forks that haven't even launched yet. Like I'd be curious to see what they do. I, I would love to see it for sure. But I don't know why they like chose to just, why don't they just fork the Thorchain code and like make the changes you want to make? Like you're making your job so much more difficult than it has to be. And you're adding on probably years to your development time and like so many more bugs that we've already gone through and, and fixed Right. And we've already gone through the forest, you know, and, and kind of with our with our our, our uh, you know, machete and kind of created the path. And we took on like this, the scrapes and the scars from that process. And it, it just makes more logical sense. Just like this already hardened code that you can use. It's been in running production for two years now that you could just use that. And then I mean, I would encourage it, like, please fork Thorchain, like do what we do, but do it better. Like, great. Awesome. 
I would I would enjoy it. Like we've always said, we need at least five or six Thor chain like systems in the place. We, we should get we should get Luke to jump on right now. Put it out to he'll jump on. Do you ever talk to him, Luke? No, I've, I've never had a conversation. Uh, with he's him. he's an amazing, amazing young, amazing guy. He's a young guy. Super. He's brilliant. And uh, oh, he, he just said very uh, interested in the open. Uh, oh, jump <laughs> on. All right, Luke. We'll, we'll we'll make our way to the open session. Uh, <laughs> let's uh you could stick around yeah let's sure of course, all yeah. right let's let's do that let's do that let's 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 make this as, as good as it can all possibly right, yeah, get let's we'll jump get Luke to up. The, the viewers on stage section let's do it new segment yeah it's not um, awesome tony can make it so let's just do that thank you chad this is gonna yeah, be good no it's the viewers on stage segment it's that time where we invite you the viewers up on stage to comment on anything you've heard so far today Ask the guest a question, or maybe talk about one of the news topics. Come on down. We got one. Okay, Luke, Luke is waiting for his food, so I'm 20 from being available. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, don't choke, man. No, you're easy. You're crazy. <laughs> uh, anybody else that's interested? People from the audience, jump up. Jump up yeah. if you want to talk about uh, Thorchain. You want to talk about the privacy protests? Chad, did you see what we're doing with this privacy protest in New York? Yeah, you were cutting out there, but yeah, we're looking at the road in New York. Oh, that's awesome. I, I didn't know about it until I just joined this conversation and, and oh. learned about it from, from earlier today. So, but yeah, that sounds yeah. awesome. Please get the word out to, you know, privacy loving people in the ThorChain community. I'm trying to yeah, do I'd that. Be, I'd be, ThorChain I'd, community involved, Haven, like much like we did with Monerotopia, you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to do so. You know? Awesome, man. Awesome. Absolutely. So why, why we wait for others to jump on? I mean, what, what else can we, what else can you tell us about, about Thor? I mean, do, do you see there then potentially being a fork? So if, you know, that's being possible. A serious fork where, you know, there's, there's compliant, there's compliant Thorchain and, you know, non-compliant Thorchain. I think that's, that's some people have this mentality of why don't we fork Thorchain, create one that's more, you know, bleeding edge, that's more experimental, that's more kind of cyberpunk, and then leave the current one to be just a bit more kind of more down the middle of the row kind of mentality. And that way we, we don't jeopardize the entire system through the addition of, you know, either a privacy chain or, you know, there's some kind of experimental uh, kind of bleeding edge ideas that, that, that have been thrown around the community for a while around like lending designs that are, that are innovative. And so there's some idea about that, whether it happens or not, I don't know, like it's way too early to tell. And I'm not trying to like spread any kind of news in that sense, but like that's, or Possible outcome. Where where does the power really lie politically in the Thorchain community with regards to what direction this is going to go? Like, can you give us any insight into that? Like, who's calling the shots? I mean, it yeah. really seems like it's coming down to a number go up type of mentality, right? They think like this is the better decision financially, right? Protects the coin, allows it to exist, allows it to grow in adoption, even though that means, you know, quote unquote, selling out. Like, that's, that's yeah, like... Yeah. You know the way it looks. Like, so, who are those people that have said, you know, that are pushing it in that direction? Is it who stands to benefit? Yeah. So, so uh, it politically speaking, it was just me and like on a couple of other guys in the earlier days when like this is like the super early days. Okay. And as time has gone on and we and the network has grown to like you know about a hundred validators or so, and just more voices are involved and more voices have more power, which is what we wanted to have. We wanted to have it be more decentralized, have more people involved and more people have control. And as part of that though, like that some of, a lot of these validators, they have, you know, a million dollars plus in, in Rune, like locked up into their validator nodes. And so they are very, you know, heavily in, in like invested, 
right? And, and so at some level, they, they want to protect the investment, which is reasonable. Who wouldn't want to do that? And at some level, they also want to see like the cyberpunk things happen that we were kind of talking about earlier, right? And so I think what's, what's naturally happening and, and, and to some frustration to me personally, just because I liked having the power early on, I can kind of like just go in the direction I wanted to go, but that's no longer really the case. I don't really have the ability to like control. I mean, I have, I have a voice that I can, I can say and, and, and encourage the community to go to a certain direction, but in the end, it's the community that decides anything and everything these days. Right. But, and that's, you know, a hundred different people, so, so to speak, who are, who are doing that and they're all anonymous and I have no idea who, you know, most of them are, vast majority of them are. Yeah, someone, someone's saying, there's another point too, that another camp that doesn't mind, there's people that don't mind the privacy aspect, but just don't, it's worth the effort in, in Ag Haven, they're saying, for example, like there's just not, there's not a big enough bang. Yeah, I, I think some people believe that, that because Manhaven's so small in terms of market cap, that it can't provide much value to the network itself. Which to be fair, that has some, like that, that's definitely a legitimate perspective to have. But this is also, in order to get to Monero, uh, which is where I think I want to go and a lot of other people want to go, is that we need to get, we, we, we kind of require Haven to help us get us there because the Monero devs weren't really kind of knocking on our doors to help us get Monero inter integrated. And I don't really understand why the hell that would be, but that's just what happened. And so, but Monero, the Haven people stood up and so we encouraged them to help us. So in order to get to Monero, we have, we have to launch Haven. Because if we just skipped Haven and just went to Monero directly, then like that's a pretty big, you know, knife in the back, right? Like, thank you for your two years of effort and energy. You know, now yeah, go screw, know. screw yeah. off and, you know, eat a dick. No. <laughs> like that would not be cool to do. Like that would be pretty shitty. So like I would like to see Haven get added first, uh, kind of make sure and then validate that chain that everything works and fix any bugs or problems that may arise. And then once we feel good and confident about it, uh, push towards Monero. Awesome, awesome. Do we are we doing news this week? Do we have uh, a new segment? He, well, we have links. Unfortunately, Tony couldn't make it. Something happened last <laughs> minute. So um, okay. Well, I mean, these are the the links. If you want to quickly go through them, nah, it's a, it's all right. I just um, Loop. nah, yeah, okay, yeah. I'll just put them in the the show notes if we need okay. to. No worries. But uh, we had one. This this is this is the big news of the week. Yeah. Uh, uh, we have one person. I think want to ask a question. Gone bat fire. Hi. Hi hi. Yeah, I just wanted to ask about uh, Tor chain censorship resistance. So you mentioned that uh, in the case of the U.S. government banning Tor chain, that nodes uh, will simply move to, to somewhere where it's not uh, adversarial. But I was wondering, what about the kind of censorship resistant in where you want to run a node in the adversarial environment. So what if people want to run a node in, uh, in the United States uh, in the case it's banned? Because uh, you mentioned that a great percentage of nodes are running on third parties like I do, I'll, like Amazon Web Service. Uh, so I was wondering how easy it is for users to anonymously run their own nodes and provide their own liquidity in a adversarial scenario. Yeah, sure. So if you what? wanted to run a node in the United States, but not as part of a, a cloud provider, you can totally do that. There's nothing actually stopping you from doing so. And I think maybe even some people actually do this. All that it requires you build enough Linux infrastructure, a Kubernetes cluster, you know, in your basement or your mom's basement or 
in a data center or, or whatever it is, you, however you want to structure it, you can do whatever the hell you want to do. But the thing you have to be aware of, though, is that because validators are all communicating with each other through like a peer to peer network, IP addresses are exposed. Right. And so you have to be aware of that aspect to it. And yes, you could probably push it through the Tor network or some sort of VPN or some sort of obfuscation technology insert here. But like, to be honest, like, I'm not so like bullish on those technologies that I don't think they're as effective in, in, the, in scenarios as people think that they are. They're much more unwindable than, than I think people believe that they are, uh, especially VPNs. I stuff it's like easy to crack pretty much. Uh, Tor is obviously a lot harder, but but it's still not outside the realm of what government's capable of doing. So like it's I, I would say what makes more sense to me is that is that either you move outside of the United States in this this hypothetical scenario, or even better, the best thing to do, what we should all be doing actually, is going through the legal process and fight the government head on. Don't run and away like you're a criminal just because you want privacy doesn't make you a fucking criminal does it like and we shouldn't be running like we're criminals either i think we should do is we should do what we did in the 1990s with the crypto wars the encryption wars just like take the government head on and say privacy is normal privacy is a fundamental right it exists prior to government that's the best way to, to handle these kind of things and that way you can actually have your privacy in the united states or any other country for that matter and that's all been like just, just like clarified from a regulatory perspective like that's what i would hope we would do in the long term right Yeah, because uh, I was thinking maybe the worries of the community was more about, yeah, so if most people are in the way. Chad, we may, we may need to uh, make you a speaker at the privacy protest. <laughs> that was good. That was a good rant. It would, it would be an honor. It would be an honor because, you know, I'm obviously highly aligned to what Monero does and, and yeah. I'm obviously trying to contribute to Monero in the best way that I know how. I'm not a... You, got, you need to keep spreading. You you know this message. I know this message, but it really is not a mainstream thing. The mainstreamers don't under, even understand yeah, yeah. Uh, what we're talking about and, and why it's so vital for liberty. They kind of I talk to people all the day, all day about Monero. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. To accept tips of Monero, and then I try to explain yeah, yeah. the importance, and the eyes start to roll. You know, the eyes start to roll back, and they're just like, "Well, how do I use it?" It's not like. You know, when I get into it, it's digital cash and it's important because, you know, the government's eliminating cash. It's like yeah, I just yeah, get yeah. eye rolls, you know, a lot of yeah. sometimes I don't. But we it's up to us to get that message out there. So people start to understand why it's, you know, we're we're the sky. Why, we're, we're not just saying this. The sky is fall, falsely saying the sky is falling. There's real reason to be concerned. Absolutely. I mean, I, I kind of see it similar to like what we saw in the 90s with the crypto wars, like the idea that if we didn't allow people to have encryption technology like inherently and we got into these big you know situations where where the internet itself could not function the way we think of it. like you wouldn't have internet commerce you wouldn't have like ssls you wouldn't have like ssh like rsa stuff like all that stuff would be basically banned and and wouldn't exist we wouldn't have like even the sharing economy would never exist unless we had the ability to encrypt you know data and for me privacy is conceptually similar in the sense that like if you ban privacy from people that not only does that hurt the individual for obvious reasons, but it also hurts our ability to move forward as a culture, as a society, to actually engage in economic commerce in a way that was never practical or possible before. So it's like, it's not just about like, let me, you know, have my, have, have mine, but like, let's also open up space for the entire like society to move forward in a way that is beneficial for all. Like that's, that's so yeah, it, it, it Couldn't agree more. I think you we know, got Luke on it, here. It, it preserve, it preserves individuality at its core. And we're moving into this age where we will all lose our individuality if we allow all our data to be surveilled at all times. And so we're going to need a way to, to preserve, preserve our data, hide our data so that we can maintain our individuality.
Yeah, awesome. Absolutely. We, uh, he's on? Yeah, he's on. Luke, you want, I muted you for a second. But I think yeah, no, good. I'm here. I just wanted to ensure everyone else could talk. <laughs> <laughs> he's this on the go. Luke, he's on the go. On, man. <laughs> Luke, I, you and I never met before, so I appreciate you jumping on. Oh, this uh, is great. We actually did meet once at Minerotopia, and sorry if my audio quality is a bit bad. I was the person who thought I could go out to eat for breakfast this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Silly you. <laughs> Ruth also has yeah, an amazing so... camera, I gotta say, in addition to his coding skills. Yes. I'm go just ahead, trying man. to walk over to a local park, which is quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's good to meet you again, then. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I met a lot of people in Minerotopia. Oh, no, it was a busy yeah. day. I totally understand. Yeah. yeah, I apologize for that. I think Doug's also commented that he did not remember me at all from that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. I didn't know, I didn't know you were who you were, though. He's like, I that would be it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you but were yeah, no, movie. it's all good. I don't hold it against anyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, Luke, what do you think, man? What do you, what, what's your what's your opinion of the, the recent Thor chain drama? I think it's disheartening to see so many node operators or prominent individuals, because I do understand there's a difference between the two. It's just that when you see major accounts like Thorchain Bull, and when you see people from Nine Realms making comments, sure, you might be able to say they don't represent the network. They're not you know, 95 nodes, there are a couple of people who may have a few nodes. But of course, when you don't have those 95 nodes, each with their own Discord profile, it can be hard to tell who is who and how much weight they actually have. So I fully understand there's a distinction there. But regardless, I think it's disheartening to see so many major voices call out against privacy because privacy is something everyone deserves and it is normal, as we've said this entire call. And I think uh, Chad has been one of the best developers on the Thorchain side of things to call for that. And call people out on it. Yeah, but to be fair, though, like when people are making this vote, they're voting on they're not voting for pro privacy or anti privacy. That's just not what the vote is. The vote is like, what is the next chain we want to add to the network? Which it's perfectly fine and probably true that like a bunch of people like, oh, I want to add Binance Smart Chain because it's obviously economically lar larger than Haven and probably has much more value to add to the network. Not so much like I'm adding Binance Smart Chain because I hate. Haven, or I hate Monero, or I hate privacy. Sure, but there also have been multiple comments about how it's effectively a proxy vote, and how not this vote specifically, because you're right, there are competitors, but in general, Haven's listing is a sign that Thorchain is willing to deal with some level of privacy, and is likely to set the stage for Monero, even though, sure, when the time comes for Monero, that will have another long discussion. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as of right now, it looks like Haven's going to win. Listen, they got 50% of the vote, so they're doing quite well. So that, that doesn't even like, it's probably going to be the next chain that gets added to the network in terms of the stage net side of things. Then there's a, another vote that goes on about whether we want to add Haven to the network, or the main net network or not. And that's a right. completely different vote that will happen in you know a month or two or whatever the number is going to be. And it's also concerning because Haven has 50% of the vote, yet I believe only two-thirds of, ah, two of nodes have voted. So even though they have 50% of the vote, they actually only have 30 votes or so, I believe. And they need 66 votes, 64 votes to actually be listed when the time comes. Yes. Well, the, when, we go, when we go from state to mean that that's going to require a two-thirds majority. And that'll be like – and let us and, – and and, uh, uh, instead of everybody voting for different things and kind of like complicating the vote, you know what I mean? That will be more like is Haven on or is Haven off? That's going to be that vote at that point in time. And we'll see how that goes. I'll be advocating for it personally, and I know a bunch of other people will be, and I'll be – do the best I can to, to to push for you know privacy, push for Haven, push for Monero. Luke, why would it Sarai find itself in this situation, or is it possible for that to happen? I believe Sarai is different in that 
we had good tweets, according to the mayoral community about this, and the ThorChain Twitter account is disliked right now. <laughs> but jokes aside, because, no, I think I, I, I think I did get some cheap Twitter points, and I'm not trying to be insultful, but it's true. When ThorChain's Twitter makes some comment acknowledging the difficulties and risk with privacy coins, and then Sarai makes a tweet saying, we stand by privacy. Yes, follower count goes up. <laughs> um, so there's the difference in the community ethos, but that's also because Sarai is a new community, and we're able to say this from day one because we don't have four years of history. So mm-hmm. if you take a legitimate stance, Sarai is young, Sarai is able to do more out there things, and Sarai doesn't have to convince the $100 million, $200 million of bond already in the system. So Sarai is able to take a more aggressive stance. And the reason I'm being so honest about this is because, yes, I, I, I do like promoting Sarai. I think that should be obvious. I do acknowledge Torshane's situation in that regard. And while I wish their community was stronger towards privacy, and I don't believe the existing capital should be against privacy, it does, fray, it does properly frame the conversation. I'm not here to slur Thorchain for no reason. But when we're actually discussing Sarai versus Thorchain and not just community ethos in that regard, Sarai is able to look at the mistakes Thorchain has made over the years. And that's also why we're not forking Thorchain. We're able to comment on what parts of the design worked. And from an economic perspective, Thorchain did largely work. But then we're not just taking their code base and forking it. We've been able to completely redo the cryptography. We've been able to streamline the communication from the Bitcoin blockchain all the way to the Sarai chain. And we've been focusing on features to be supported from day zero. So for example, ThorChain recently enabled uh, DEX aggregation or ThorChain enabled smart contract calls from ThorChain itself, which is now being used by ThorSwap as a DEX aggregator. So there's a couple different layers to this, of course. Sarai's being built with that level of data flow and Sorry, I'm struggling to find the words. It's a bit odd. No, this is great. I think but, people are uh, hanging on to every word. Mm-hmm. Sarai is being built around those considerations instead of having it added on. And that isn't to say Thorchain didn't add it on. They just did, and it's great to see. It's a comment that Sarai has the power of hindsight. Thorchain couldn't have. They were the first people to really go out and do this. And I <laughs> truly don't mean to attack them for that. I've right. criticized Thorchain's cryptography because it is very slow. But every time I do it, I said that was literally the only choice. It was literally the only choice what they did, and there's a reason they did it like that. They didn't say, hi, we would like to be dumb. They said, hi, this is what's available. We believe in this. Let's do that. And that part I respect. It's it's kind of similar to when you compare Monero to Bitcoin, right? So like Monero, because it came after Bitcoin, it, it had the ability to, you know, adopt confidential transaction level. Kind of, kind of strategy. Yeah, what, what's uh, Chad? We got, we got, obviously, we got to let you uh, respond to this. What, what's, your, what's your take? Well, yeah, I think that I mean there's, there's legitimacy to what, what what Luke is saying there. I think that Thorchain was kind of the the first one to do what it is that we do, and I kind of made the analogy earlier of like getting through the jungle, and we had the machete, and we took on the the scrapes and scars that came from that process, and everybody else who's coming behind us has that benefit, right, from the hard work that we spent years designing and putting together and improving it all works and that kind of stuff. But at the same time, like, you know, I'm personally not done with what ThorChain is. Like we're still building and innovating and doing new things that nobody else in the space can even do. And 
the DEX aggregator is one thing that, that Luke brought up. You know, we're looking into like a hybrid order book system. We're looking into single asset yield, so you can provide just you know Monero, for example, and get Monero yield without any exposure to Rune or any other asset. So single asset exposure, like these things, are like massive innovations in, in the AMM space. And even if you get into the Thorify stuff of like like these lending designs are like just next level. And so they're things that nobody else in the space is even possible even to ex execute. So we're not really standing still per se, and we're still building and you know, I'm not sure how far away uh, Luke is from from launching Sarai, and I hope it's soon because I would love to see it kind of come to fruition. But like you know, we're going to still innovate and build what we want to build and, and 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 empower the entire industry, not just the Thorchain community, but the entire cryptocurrency in, uh, industry to, to access to like privacy and lending and AMMs and everything in between. Like we're just super kind of bullish on that thing. So I appreciate what Luke is doing. I I hope like I wish Sarai well. And, and yes, please, like, learn from our mistakes, learn what we did right, learn what we did wrong, like, improve, tweak, like, innovate, like, great, oh, more power to you, please do it. Thanks, I appreciate that. You're welcome. Luke, what would you say <laughs> on, a, on a technological level is is the primary, what are the primary differences between Sarai and ThorChain? Like I think there's kind of three that I could come to note with. One is the cryptography, which ThorChain could eventually upgrade to add. And by that, I mean, we obviously any of these networks, whether it be Sarai, whether it be ThorChain, whether it be uh, Maya, which is a ThorChain fork, or whether it be Chainflip, which is another project working on this. They can't just say, hi, we exist. Bitcoin acknowledge us. No, Bitcoin is a good hard fork. So what they do is they create multi-signature wallets, specifically threshold multi-sig on the relevant chains. And with ThorChain, they've used this one algorithm, GG20, which is the probably the best algorithm out there. It's one of the most discussed at the very least for doing ECDSA signatures, which is what Bitcoin launched with, unfortunately. Um, and as I said, Bitcoin at the time they launched only had ECDSA signatures. They had to, and I fully understand that. The issue is that it's a very inefficient algorithm. It only supports, uh, I believe, by Thorchain's own numbers after about 33 nodes. Mm. That's kind of what they decided as a cutoff point for what's feasible. And I think it takes 30 seconds to sign with those 33 nodes over seven rounds. Eight, eight rounds. Uh, eight rounds. You have, Thank you. <laughs> eight rounds. And if you have, if you have single, single chain had 36 nodes at that time, a hard capped uh, on, on, on purpose, that was about 15 seconds to sign. Today, Thorchain has about 100 validators. There's about, I think there's five or six Asgards, each one. Has about 20 members of it so they can sign uh about i think it's like i want to say like one every or five per second or something like this right and also we're discussing bitcoin it has a 10 minute block time you know the nodes of another network taking five seconds to produce yeah. a signature but you it's mentioned you, you were using a, di a different cryptography and i was curious like what is what is that i, I, I right. think i missed, missed that well this is what i was going to get to is that thorchain they did what they had to at the time and it actually is a good idea and it creates a much more resilient system in a lot of ways they spawn multiple multi-six and i'm truly not here to criticize that it's more robust in some ways it's also more complicated so Bitcoin eventually adopted Schnorr signatures, which were patented in the subject of controversy for many decades. And with Schnorr signatures, you get more, much more efficient uh, multi-signature options. So with threshold multi-sig specifically, there's this algorithm called Frost. So it goes from the eight rounds, which is kind of required for ECDSA. It goes down to just two rounds. And I think we're able to do, I'd have to pull up the exact numbers, but it creates much faster signing times and allows much more nodes to participate. Okay, so, so Sarah is using, using Schnorr signatures similar to what Chainflip is doing. Is that fair to say? Right, exactly. And 
that just means that we get more nodes able to secure individual multi-sigs, and there are a couple of trade-offs with that. So yeah, that I think I think for us, like we originally designed Thorchain in a way that actually had multiple types of vaults. We used something called year cells in the earlier days, and we actually realized that like we had over-engineered. We the the throughput required was far less than what was actually engineered for like the demand was nowhere close to what we uh-huh. what we engineered for and so we ended up just getting rid of that and just of the universal vaults it was overkill didn't even need them and so like and the subject of several different exploits also the subject is several different exploits <laughs> not to say that yeager still was ever exploited but to say that there were bugs sub- it was a large attack surface okay wait what <laughs> what are you talking about the yeager still vaults were a notable attack surface they had a lot of code to manage them Oh, well, in that sense, anything is a large tax service that exists. I didn't really know what you meant. Okay. No, no, so- no, no. I was trying to say, I was just trying to say that, I mean, I could be more direct and say, start listing over the issues that you guys had with them. I was saying that, yeah, it was an overcomplicated protocol. Okay. <laughs> this is good. Listen, Rita, I don't want to make this. This is this is good, though. This is good. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, no, like, I get why it was created. It was the obvious solution for the time. That's not my issue. I'm saying okay. It was a complicated protocol, and it's thankfully been streamlined out. There were multiple reasons for it. Not only was it overcomplicated, but it gave individual nodes single signer authority over amounts of funds. And while those funds were always collateralized, not only is it adding more to the protocol, but it enabled some level of misbehavior, which then had to be accounted for by the protocol. I wasn't knocking its choice. I was saying that it was a complicated system, and it needed a lot of checks and balances. So. Removing no, no, it. I, I don't think, think you were so knocking that choice. I, I just you were just talking about like all the exploits that I was like I wasn't aware of any you know all the exploits. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're referring to. I'm not sure if any were actually exploited, but the bug I submitted had to do with the intracells. All right, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I also remember there being a few back in the day around gas fee settings. I think I'd have to double check. Gas fee? What are you talking about? I could be wrong. I don't know what you're talking I'd have about. to ask. The person I do know who got deep into this. Oh, okay. I believe that, like, maybe, back hey, maybe in the day right. when Thorchain had maybe, just I'm launched. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just like, I'm just not, I just don't know what you're referring to. I don't know. I could be wrong. Okay. I, thought, I could be wrong, too. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just like, I just don't, I'm confused in what you're referring to. I do know for sure that thanks to the Yggdrasil system, there was at least one possible critical exploit. But obviously, yeah, no, you still had to be a node. You have to be fully bonded. And there's a lot of checks. And largely, it was a robust and secure system. Luke, okay. you, had, Luke you had said there were three things. One was the, uh, you know, encryption. Oh, yeah. One was just the cryptography. Yeah. And yeah, that was just a difference. It wasn't necessarily so, definitively better or worse. Let, let me let me ask you about the snorting issue. So one of the reasons why I would be hesitant to adopt it myself, and you can let me know what I'm what I'm missing because I certainly could be missing something, is that like if you're engaging in snorting insurance, that significantly limits what chains you can and cannot interface with. Is that fair to say? Yes and no. Why why no? So no, because you're right. If the chain can't support snore signatures, it doesn't work out. Okay, so the yes. Comment is yes. But the comment is that we still have a wide amount of chains available because we support Bitcoin, we support Litecoin, we support Monero, we support Polkadot, we support Solana, we support Nano. Not saying we support all of those, but hey, there's a list of chains here, which we theoretically have a compatible signature mechanism with. And if you want to say, hey, you guys use ECDSA, doesn't that limit you? You guys can't do Nano. You guys can't. Well, no, Solana has a program for it. You can't do polka dot you can't so obviously yes you need a chain that has a compatible signature mechanism and if you use ecdsa as you had to back in the day you're going to have a list of options and if you use schnorr you have a list of options thankfully most major protocols 
can handle Snore just as they can handle ECDSA by now. Yeah, I think what we, Snore did exist at the time, and, and we talked about it. I mean, Bitcoin didn't support it yet, so it wouldn't make it viable at the time. That was like three years ago when we were first deciding this. But I think the decision for us just came down to the idea to like, let's just not be, let's be agnostic about what the encryption methodology is. Is, is it ECDSA, EDSA, is it Schnorr, is it this, blah, 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 whatever. I've been completely agnostic to that thing and just say, whatever it is, this network can support it. That gives us the most flexibility and the most like power. I think that's the reason why we did it. But you're right in a, to say that that by using Schnorr signatures, that is a more efficient means of signing. That's that's definitely and true. Now that we're talking about Torsion listing Monero, you guys technically are supporting Schnorr signatures because Monero uses an algorithm called CLSAG and effectively is a Schnorr signature with a bunch of stuff around it. So now Thorchain is technically about to support Schnorr signatures. Yeah, and, and the and the Haven's implementation is unique. Most of the time we use central signatures to, to to move funds and so forth and so on. But in Haven's case, because it's like additionally complex, additionally complex would have taken months of work to, to get it working, plus deep, another six months or so to debug, the, the decision was made just to use the multi-sig function built into Monero itself as the mechanism to, to sign transactions. Right, to get back to Doug's one, two, three comment there. Because I said, what, yeah, it's been a whole thing. The other thing I was going to point towards was consensus for my number two. Thorchain uses Tendermint for consensus, and it's actually pretty funny because we're also probably going to use Tendermint for consensus. It's a good protocol. There's a reason Cosmos uses it. Yet, my comment was going to be more about the blockchain framework. Thorchain used Cosmos, which if you're in Go, is the blockchain framework to go with. It gives you a blockchain and lets you build your app. We're doing our code in Rust. So we have the option to use Substrate, which is a different blockchain framework intended for Rust. Well, why do you like Substrate over, I'm just out of curiosity, I'd be, I'd be fascinated to learn. Why do you like Substrate over like Cosmos SDK? Beyond being in Rust, Substrate gives you a lot more flexibility. So Substrate, or Parity, the team behind Substrate, they prefer proof of stake algorithm known as Babe plus Grandpa, where Babe does some of it and Grandpa does the rest. Because we're using Substrate, we have the ability to use Tendermint instead. With Cosmos, I believe it abstracts all of that, and you couldn't replace the consensus algorithm unless you forked the entire SDK, which is just a large surface to end up maintaining. And so what does what Babe plus Grandpa really get you? I'm not sure I understand the value of that. Well, for us, nothing. We're not using it. Oh. It was more commenting that Substrate is more flexible and lets you do a lot more things. Oh, Cosmos yes. says, here's your app. So you're writing Sorry, so you're writing in Substrate because you like the Rust language better than Go going. That's one. And then two is the modularity. I believe if you wanted to use Bay plus Grandpa in Cosmos, you have to fork the entire Cosmos SDK. If you want to use Tendermint in Substrate, you just write the Tendermint and then say, hey, Substrate, I have Tendermint for you. And it says, okay. And it just uses it. So we can swap out pieces of the system without rewriting the entire, without forking the entire SDK. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. And because of that, we're able to modify Tendermint without forking our entire framework. And because of that, we're just able to get a bit more efficiency. Okay. What was, what was the third one? You said that was number two. Oh, um, we're defining our apps as smart contract native. Which means that if we wanted to do a feature such as, I believe lending was something you brought up and it's something I brought up myself, uh, we wouldn't have to discuss a hard fork to do it. We could just deploy a smart contract for it which is kind of, it offers a lot more sandboxing and a lot more flexibility on apps. And it's just a different way of doing things. And honestly, mm -hmm. I'm very surprised no one, I mean, I'm sure it's come up at some point, but I'm surprised there hasn't been more discussion about smart contracts on ThorChain, especially with Cosm Wasm and how Terra did that. 
Yeah, I mean, we definitely have conversations in the past about the idea. Like, and so the reason why it's not, though, at least this is just my own two cents mm-hmm. of what, what I've advocated for, is that getting a single chain to be the, the, the kind of the pipeline that does all the things becomes inherently difficult to scale, right? And so I think what's actually more powerful, much more flexible that ThorChain can do that, that no other chain can is that because ThorChain is multi-chain by design, you can build a smart contract on Ethereum but utilize ThorChain's liquidity within that contract, right? Whether it be on Cosmosm, on Osmosis, or you know something on Avax, or something on blah blah blah, whatever. And so ThorChain becomes the kind of the entry and exit point in a sense. But everything in between, whether you build a derivatives or pep perps or casino thing, I mean whatever you want to build, like, and that right. way the developers, you're not trying to convince the developer to like abandon their their thing they've been building for the last couple of years on, whether it be Cosmosm or this or that other thing. And they and they can stay in their camp and continue to build dApps in Ethereum in Solidity, but then have access to Bitcoin, have access to Monero, have access to Dogecoin, like right. whatever. And that's and, a much more like a, a, a flexible and powerful tool set for, for the developer community to use. This is my opinion. And that becomes especially notable when ThorChain adds IBC, which I know has been discussed for a while, because then it's not high if you're an Ethereum app, you can you know, trade Ether for Bitcoin and then you're screwed. You now have to hold this Bitcoin somewhere, but it's no, you can trade it for the Bitcoin synth token and then use that wherever via IBC. I don't know. It's a very complicated system, but obviously when you do enable IBC on tokens, that also enables custody of other tokens by protocols relying on ThorChain. Yeah. And I, to be honest, I'm not sure that is or is not going to happen to be honest with you, but whatever it is, I think I'm more interested in making sure that these assets that they're being used, utilized for liquidity on whatever, that it doesn't actually uh, adhere to a specific implementation that is only allows you to go to, to a certain subset of chains. What's more flexible for me, at least, is just like something that can universally work with everything, whether that be an EVM chain, a Cosmos chain, you know, whatever else, like it'd be anything else in the between. That's a much, much, much more flexible thing, which I think is more useful for the, for the community to use. It's just my sense. No, no, I definitely get that. Yeah. For us, because honestly, the economics around being a smart contract platform are not there. Like, uh, ThorChain in the past has had issues with the bond ceiling. I'm not sure the current status of your bond, but obviously, yeah, you guys are bonded to be economically secure, uh, secure, and you guys hit your bond ceiling at some point. Yeah, you hit that very quickly when everyone has all their tokens and random DeFi pump and dumps instead of actually being used to provide liquidity and do what matters in the space. So it's a very difficult and annoying design. I can't really say I recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which design you say is difficult and annoying? I missed that. Oh, no, no. Having smart contracts. Because then if people just use your tokens in the smart contracts, you don't have any liquidity on your decks yet you're still at the bond ceiling. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's such a problematic economic problem. Yeah. We're, we're legitimately, we're, we're looking at smart contracts and then just not supporting deploying smart contracts yeah. just because then in the future we can, because we have this very flexible framework, but it's such a stupid problem. <laughs> yeah. I kind of have this, this kind of like a little bit of a beef with smart contracts in a, in a high level, just because people have a tendency to think that they are, you know, you can build everything and anything with it. But like, if you look at any particular chain, you know, especially the newer ones, like with that terror before its collapse or, you know, any other ones for that matter, they really don't have a lot going on, right? Like even within terror, there was only like two things that are really being used. Everything else had very slow, a small market cap, had no real 
significant adoption. At least not in my eyes, that's 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 true. And even within the Ethereum community, like how many smart contracts really have some like good volume in them? You know, 10, 20, like if if that, you know, like that's probably on the high side. Like it's it's kind of this mentality of like there's this, people think that there's so much you can build with smart contracts, and in a sense there is. But in reality, if you look over the last like five years of development patterns, like really like not a lot, a whole lot's been actually built. It actually gets good adoption and in, in, in volume. It's it's actually quite fascinating to watch. I mean, if you're that one developer on Solana, Luke. you just build a contract and then have it go through all your other ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, even on Solana, like how, how many how many contracts are there that are really have adoption? Like, so all I know is this them. one guy had 12 alt accounts and he had all of his protocols use all the other ones. <laughs> and Oh, that was such a stupid de- Oh my gosh. That was so insane to watch. Yeah, Luke, one, one, one last qu- one last question, and then we're gonna we're gonna. This has been an amazing. I think it's been an amazing show. Uh, I didn't mean to put anybody <laughs> on the spot there, Chad. I, I, you know, I didn't mean to bring you on here. And then, I mean, it's, it's all kind good, of it's kind it's what we do good. on Monero Talk and Monerotopia. But I kind of feel uh, bad for hijacking it. I went out to breakfast. <laughs> I was excited for the open session, and then Doug's just like, "Oh, we'll just have you join now." <laughs> Luke, come on up. <laughs> uh, I think. Amazing. You know, I'm going to go back and re-listen to this. Uh, I think there was a lot of uh, quality information that came out of that. Luke, question, like, to, to get a better idea, or maybe this will get an idea of the differences, too, is because, you know, Thor is working on integrating Haven right now. How is that, like, going to technically be different? Is it the, the integration of a privacy coin into Sarai, like Monero or Haven into Sarai versus integrating them into ThorChain? At a high level, obviously, yeah, Sarai is very, uses a lot of pieces of ThorChain's design. So at a high level, I can't really say we have too many differences. The one that may be a difference is I think there was discussion around view keys for Haven transactions to ThorChain. I'm really not sure what the status of it is, but I think the recommendation was you use one account on Haven, and then when you go to ThorChain, you send to a middle address beforehand. I don't know the exact discussion. I really don't want to speak here. Maybe Chad can chime in on if you are supposed to use a buffer account or something, or what is up with the view keys. If that is an issue... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so to my knowledge, and and again, I'm not the one building this thing, so so I, I apologize if it's a little bit off, but like, in order for ThorChain to function... It needs to reach a consensus that some transaction occurred, like somebody sent us Bitcoin or we sent somebody Bitcoin right? in either direction or on any asset. And the part of the problem with ring signatures, which makes it so difficult, is that you know everything's private. So, like, how do we get consensus that this transaction, you know, we have received, you know, ten Monero at this address, blah blah blah, whatever. And the same thing, we want to make sure that that the validators the network when they send transactions that we can observe those transactions and make sure that all of that is is real. And so. I, th- I think what happens is, uh, to my knowledge, and I hope I get this right, is that the view keys of the addresses that the ThorChain owns, the Monero addresses that ThorChain owns, are public, right? And so because their view keys are public, you can see transactions coming in, but not necessarily going out. And then whenever any tra- then transactions out, I also get a broadcast with the uh, private key of the outbound transaction, I think, to, to make it so that that can be verified across all the nodes of the, of the uh, network. Uh, yeah, that actually makes perfect sense. And I, I thought it was something else, which didn't make sense to me and would have been worse. But no, what you're saying makes perfect sense. Right. So at a high level view, no, they're going to be very comparable. If you want to go at it from a low level point of view, I could say, okay. you know, we built our own Monero library, which at Chad would take 
months to develop and then months more to verify. Yeah, it took us about three months. <laughs> but we, we, we decided we wanted to do that. But at a high level, it should be largely comparable. Wait, so you reconstituted the Monero library into Rust? Is that what you did for the last three months? Yes, we did the CLSAG mm -hmm. and the Bulletproofs and the entire transaction creation and the multisig protocol and all the other stuff. It didn't take all of three months. I think it took about a month and a half. And then I worked on it while I worked on other things. So it's probably two months of full-time work. You, you, you guys are both amazing. Just listen to you guys go uh, back and forth. Um, I've enjoyed the conversation. I don't, know, I don't know. I think Luke's enjoyed it as well. But like, I, yeah, I've enjoyed yeah. the conversation. It was a nice chat with no, you guys. And Luke we, and we, have, we have, yeah, everybody watching is appreciated. Yeah, they are. <laughs> we, have, we have Vic if wants to jump on. Viewers. And then we're going to have to close hey, it up hey. pretty soon because literally overheating. Yeah, we're overheating. Go ahead, Matt. <laughs> All right, real... We don't want to get you in trouble uh, with your Airbnb guy either. <laughs> can you hear me? We're literally melting. Yes, we can hear you. Hey, go first, How's it going? What's up, Vic? Hey, hey. I just wanted to uh, say hello. And uh, Chad, uh, I don't know if we've met or talked. And if we have, we may I have. apologize. My mem yeah, because my memory is like really bad, probably sign of dementia or something. But, you know, we were the ones that started pushing ThorChain about over a year and a half ago, talks with JP, if I mm -hmm. remember correctly, about adding Monero. And it was your team that put us on to Haven and say, hey, why don't you guys talk to Haven? They're already doing it for Haven, so it might be they can uh, add on Monero with it. And, you know, and that's why we came up with the agreement with Haven that we'll add them to Cake Wallet and they'll work on Monero as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm happy to see that, that our initiative hasn't died. Oh, no, absolutely. No, hopefully, I'm happy it hasn't so, that either. And I'm happy that Cake Wallet's <laughs> kind of like, you know, signed on in some sense. And like you guys are helping and, and, and participating. Like, that's awesome. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, yeah. So that's all. Just wanted to say hello and uh, introduce myself just in case we didn't meet. Yep. Yep. Great. I hope it works out. Yeah, thank you. Big happy family on Monero Tokyo. Surprised we don't have uh, anybody from Haven. Surprised <laughs> nobody from Haven jumped on. I know, huh? I would love to get some, some Monero debt. I uh, <laughs> saw a Haven person in the comments earlier. I, I think there are some around, even if they're not joining in. Okay. All right, well, we're going to leave it at that then, guys. This is, I, this is an amazing show. I hope uh, I'm just going to reiterate, guys. Go sign up to the privacy protest. It's free. We're paying for it. We're ordering the mask. We just want you to have some skin in the game by ordering it beforehand so we know that you're coming and then we'll reimburse you for the mask. But the idea is getting you there. All right. Later. All righty, guys. Thank you, so you guys for Chad, joining. Luke. Amazing. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Luke. Thanks for having me. Show. Yeah, You're it was welcome. definitely interesting. Have me back another time. We'll come back and chat some more. Anytime. Anytime. We'll open open stage over here. Open stage. You could air <laughs> all your green. <laughs> all right. This is a venture show, as everyone knows. <laughs> but uh, all right, guys. Thank you all for joining us. see. I always Cheers. say this, like the episode, because it helps the channel grow. And again, thank you all for joining us. Thank you, Chad, again, you, Luke. And I'll see you guys next week. Vic, Adios. swing by, Vic. Thank you for joining us on this week's Monerotopia episode. We stream live shows every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube and Odyssey. Or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter or join us in the Monerotopia Telegram group. See you all next week.